0: I want to quickly recap our key text, our headline text for this series is Psalm 92. If you're just joining us and you're coming into the series at this point, can I encourage you to go back um, on our YouTube channel through the app, you can watch all the messages that that we've been been doing. But it's all based on Psalm 92, which says this, the righteous flourish like a palm tree. Okay, okay. And then it says, and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So the palm tree is the visual expression, the visual representation of God in our lives. He lights up our lives. He brings color into our lives. It's the visual representation. And then it says, and grows like a cedar in Lebanon. That's the strength that God gives us. It's the strength that he puts in us as people of God. It says, they are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of of our God, they still bear fruit in old age and are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. This is the purpose of it all, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 92, it's a beautiful promise of a choice to be planted in God's house, to be amongst his people, to be Watered, I believe, by the word. And so a quick recap of our series where we've come. Part one was I'm a Seed. We talked about the app and the new app, which is, I believe, our quick go-to. And um, I talked about how if we're a tree, if the Bible describes us like a tree, that means at some point we started as a seed. So I am a Seed. And that was all about, hey, here's the app. Here's a resource. Here's a way for maybe you just to sow a simple seed of downloading the app and using the app. The app is just an app but there's purpose to it, I believe, when it comes to our church and being planted. So that was part one. We have an iPhone app. We have the Apple TV app. Didn't know if you know that, but you can download Colonial onto your Apple TV and you can binge watch worship and messages. You can turn off the Netflix for a minute and turn on church in Jesus' name. Part two is the storehouse of God from Malachi 3 talking about the resource that God wants to provide through his house. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there would be food in my house. So there's no question mark over it. The storehouse is God's house and we're called as these people to be part of the resourcing and supplying, which is pretty cool. So we opened up the storehouse here in church. Has anyone been in there yet, seen it? Come on, give me a wave if you've gone in there and so please go in there and check it out because it's really cool. The team's done an incredible job, but it's meant to be a resource for you and for me. So that was part two, and then part three last week, dinner is served. I thought Jill's message last week was awesome, yeah. talking about the table, the invitation, the ability that we now have to be at the Lord's table and to be a part of dinner parties in this life and community, and how we're called to live in community, live with people around us. You know, I love Psalm 92, it talks about the courts of God. That's talking about people, because yeah. in the courts and the temple courts, there would just be people around doing life, social setting, people catching up, doing things, but we can do that in church life as well, and there's an opportunity. So part three, dinner is served, and we talked about dinner parties. We had dozens and dozens of people register through the app for dinner parties this last week, and so if you haven't done that yet, please go ahead. Again, through the app, you can do that. But this week, I want to talk about the essential elements of being planted. And so I'm using that word essentials because next week, we're actually having essentials in church. And so after the 11 o'clock service next week, we're going to have Essentials 1, 2, and 3. And if you don't know what they are, um, that's okay, because it really is just kind of the first step. If you're new to our church, or you've never really been planted in a church before, or maybe you recently gave your life to the Lord in our church, we want you to go to Essentials, okay? It's really important. It's important because um, you need to get planted. But also, it's going to help you grow in your faith, grow in your uh, discipleship, becoming more like Christ. It's, It's really important. And so, we just want you to go. So, we make it super easy. So, what I'd love for you to do right now is just to grab your phone and register. Register right now through the app on the very front screen. It'll say register for dinner parties or sign up, sorry, sign up for essentials. So, you can hit that button, sign up, one, two, or three. Let us know if you've got kids. Kids will stay in Colonial Kids. We'll feed them, they won't go home hungry. We've got refreshments, snacks, we take care of it all, okay? And we give you a bunch of steak knives on the way out. (laughs) That was a joke. But the point is, our team goes to lengths, okay, to make sure you have everything you need so you can come to Essentials. So Essentials is next week, sign up through the app. But I want to talk today about the essentials or the essential elements of being planted, because you could say by part three, four weeks in, you'd be like, pastor, this great, I kind of get it. You know, Messages make sense, but how do I get planted? How, do, how does it happen? Give me something, and I pray in this message, I've got a bunch of things, that, if you just take one thing away from it, then for me, it's a win in Jesus' name. So we believe this message, this series, is gonna help you get planted. But I wanna talk about the essential elements of being planted, okay? Number one, write it down, is this, you need a seed. Getting straight into it. You need a seed. What does it take to be planted? Well, first of all, you need a seed. I got my little, my little props up here. But we got some seed right here. Isn't it interesting? It's dawned on me this week as I was meditating for the message. Of all the things in creation, of all the options for God to use, He uses the smallest option. He uses the smallest of all the options. I mean, he has acres and acres and countries as his resource, if you wanted. Remember, he's the one who's created it all. He's the one who owns it all. It's all his, by the way, in case you didn't know. It's not like the Lord has just sort of outsourced the earth. It's like it's actually his. But he chooses with your life and my life to use the very smallest symbol In the Scriptures, to describe how it all begins for you and for me, and that's faith. Faith, the size of what? A seed. Jesus talks about it in Mark 4, Matthew 13 and Luke 8, in the Synoptic Gospels, he talks about the parable of the sower. He's describing this process and what God does with our lives. We see the parable of the sower who sowed seed on the ground of life, and I'm going to Show it to you in a moment, but I want you to see it maybe from a different perspective, maybe like you've never seen it before. Let me show it to you. In Matthew 13, Jesus explains the parable. So he tells the parable, he lays it all out, and then he actually explains it. How good is Jesus? He just sort of like, he doesn't leave you hanging. He says, so the parable, so I get it, you're not getting it, so let me tell you what it's all about. He says this in verse 19, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. That's why you've got to go to essentials. Just added added something into the Bible. Why not, hey? Probably not. Should never do that. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out with the worries of life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Verse 23 The seed that fell on the good soil, everybody say good soil, good soil. represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 60, 30, or even 100 times as much as, as had been planted. But here's the point, it all begins with a seed. Yeah. Everything begins with a seed in the kingdom of God. Everything begins with the smallest little thing and God intended it for be that, to be that way. Why? Because we're not involved. Right. Yeah. Of, of all the things God is just saying, all I need is this thing and you had nothing to do with it, that's all I need. And he takes it from you, represents your life, your faith in him and all of a sudden, what happens? God does something amazing with it. He causes it to grow. He causes it to change. He causes it to, to come up and be something truly incredible. But that's all God needs. All He needs is a seat. That's it. That's all He needs to do what God can do. And thank God today, He's given us a seat. He's given us the opportunity. He's given us the ability to receive, ears he to hear the gospel of grace and what Jesus has done. It's just a seed. In Matthew 13, a little bit further along, Jesus actually describes what I'm talking about in verse 31. He says, Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed in a field, it is the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree, and the birds come and make nests in its branches. All you need is a seed. All you need is a seed. All you need is a seed for God to do a mighty work in your life and give you the greatest God-filled, god purpose life, but it all just begins with a seed. But I wonder what seed God is asking you to sow today. could be like, well, you know, I gave my life to Christ 20 years ago, and and I guess, is that the seed you're talking about? Yes. But in every season, God is calling you to sow a seed. In every season, God has something extra that He would love to to do with you, to grow you in some way, but it takes us sowing that seed, that seed of faith. What could it be for you and for me today? Could it be a seed of trust in Him? Could it be a seed of surrender in some area of your life? Maybe there's an area of your life where it's like, Lord, you can have all of this over here, but over here I'm going to keep to myself. But I wonder if you would sow that seed of surrender today. Maybe it's a seed of faithfulness in an area Maybe it's just simply saying, okay, I'm going to sow a seed of trust and get planted. I'm going to take that step. Or maybe today is the day where you'll finally surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ if you haven't already. People did that in the 9.30 a.m. service that happens every single week. But maybe today is the day if you've never given your life to the Lord. Today is your day. I'm excited because at the end of this service, you're going to get an opportunity. See, I'm sowing a seed right now in you for later. But all it takes is a seed. And God can do something powerful with it. Can I get an amen in church this morning? So number one, you need a seed. Here's what else you need. Number two, you need some dirt. You need some dirt, which represents life, which represents the things we go through, the relationships we have, the things of God we can be involved in. But also, we need some water. We need dirt and we need water. See, look what it says in Psalm 1, verse 3. It says, He is like a tree planted, underline that word, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. The leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. So, the tree is planted, but what does that mean? It means it's in the ground, yeah. Yeah. it's in the dirt. You ever notice something about dirt? It's not clean. It's just, it's, it's dirty. Like, I know it's simple, right? But it's just, it's dirty, it gets on your hands, and like, I just, is that a little worm? But it's just dirty, it's just like, it's dirt. But if you're gonna get planted, listen to me, friend, you need some dirt. If you're gonna get planted in the house of the Lord, if you're gonna get planted into the things of God in your life. If you're going to be planted to see the promise of flourishing, to see the promise of fruit being bearing in your life, you're going to need a little bit of dirt. Right. Listen to me. You're going to need to be okay with some dirt. So sometimes what we do is we say, "Yeah, I want the very best. I want to hand pick this bit, but I don't want to go through the process of being planted because we run away from the dirt." Right. You need To go through the process, and the process requires a little bit of dirt. There is a fair amount of dirt required in life. Life is messy. See, I I believe this analogy, using this analogy of dirt, to me, it's just like, you just got to get into life, man. You just kind of got to get into the things of life. Sometimes maybe it's in the area of relationships. Maybe you just got to get a bit real with someone maybe a little bit real with the people in your world, but you can't do without the dirt. You've got to have the dirt. We've got to have dirt around us. You think about a seed that's planted. I forgot, I did this in the 9.30, I forgot to put the seeds in. Just like, Maddie, come on. You can't see it anyway, so it's just, it's really for me. This is gonna take a little bit of grit to get planted. It's gonna take a little bit of dirt to get planted. It's gonna be a little bit messy getting planted. It's gonna take a little bit of resolve in you to be in the house of God every single week. It's gonna take a little bit of resolve to get the kids to Youth House on a Wednesday night. It's gonna take a little bit of dirt to go to Essentials on a a Sunday after the 11. It's gonna take a little bit of dirt. But the dirt is worth it because the dirt is what you need even the business of doing church, like being in church, you know, some people don't come to church because it rains. Like it's raining outside, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go. Just like, what? It's not going to rain in here. Let's be people when it comes to to being planted. We're not easily swayed. We're not the type of people who's just like, oh, circumstances aren't perfect. The dirt doesn't feel good today, so I'm just not going to go ahead and be planted. Let's be people with the resolve in our hearts to say, you know what, Come, whatever happens, I will be planted. My kids are going to be in the house of the Lord. I choose to put my hope in my future. We need the dirt. Because it's not always going to be perfect. Life's not always going to be perfect and pretty. There's going to be some grit moments. There's going to be some moments, seasons even, where it just feels messy. But that mess is okay because it's becoming your message and you're figuring it out. You're walking it out. Jill and I, we've been in some seasons in life and it's just been messy as we've been getting planned we've been trying to figure it out, but we've been on our way figuring it out. The worst thing you can do is come up against a little bit of dirt and run the other way. But you could trust God with it and let Him do what only He can do. I feel like this is great preaching this morning. Come on, online, why don't you put an amen in the chat? Come on, give me some encouragement, build me up. But my picture of the dirt is what? The things of God, the people in our lives, the relationships that He gives us, what we choose to let in and let live. That's the dirt. You know, Jesus, he talks about the soil of our lives. He talks about how we can choose. I believe we can choose how good the soil is. You know, the parable of the sower is also known as the parable of the soils. The quality of the soils. Why is this important? Because we've got to surround ourselves, listen to me, friend, with some good soil. We've got to surround ourselves with the right soil, higher quality soil, you know, what if I was able to sit down with you and say, hey, who's your Peter, James, and your John? Who are the people you surround yourself? Who's the dirt that's allowed to be around you? What's the quality of that soil? You know, my, my old dinner party leader used to say this to me, say, show me your friends and I'll show you the next five years of your life. See, the dirt's important. The dirt matters. Who are you doing life with? Perhaps the reason you're no longer growing or bearing any fruit is because you're surrounded by pretty bad soil, or maybe no soil at all. Let's be people. Like it says in Jeremiah, look at it again in verse 8, chapter 17. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. For its leaves remain green. I love this. We can send our roots, spiritually speaking, towards the water source in life. We can spread out the roots of our life towards the things that are most important, which is being planted in the house. Perhaps for you today, sending out your roots. The root system of your life is getting your kids and colonial kids, or being at something midweek, team night on Thursday night. What are you doing? You're spreading out the roots towards the water source. You're getting established, you're getting planted, you're allowing. God to work in your life. This is what I want to do. I want my life to be planted in the house, established in the things of God. What we do right there is we protect ourselves because we're connected to the source. So dirt is the key, a key ingredient, an essential element. But what about the water? See, the water is, to me, an essential element because we need a seed, we need the dirt. But we also need the water. Without the water, we've got nothing at all. It'll all just end up drying up and being nothing. But the water is important. Why? Because we've got to have that continual, continual watering of the Word of God. It's amazing how, even naturally speaking, the water, it fills in. It fills into the areas that we could never fill in ourselves. It goes into the areas. It finds its way into the places that maybe we don't even know are there. You think about the Word of God in your life. It will find its way. This is the power of the Word of God. Come on, somebody. It gets its way into an area that maybe you didn't even know existed. And it begins to work and it begins to bring sustenance. It begins to bring forth something good. It begins to come up in the ground in Jesus' name. You know, water in the Scriptures is continually used as a picture of prosperity. Like if you had a well in the Old Testament, you know, we read about it in the Scriptures, Jacob's well is a great example in John chapter 4, but it's, it's, it's described, it's painted as this picture of prosperity, this really good thing. If you have a water source, if you have water, then you are considered prosperous. So it's described as something of prosperity or vitality or, or you know, just connected to life. But it's also, is also used as a, a picture of deliverance deliverance or like a passageway to a better life. Think of the people of God going through the Red Seas. Water is used as a a symbol of deliverance or, or going towards something better. Think of baptism. What is it? It's an appeal to God for a good conscience. That's what water does as we go through it. Water is vital for you and for me. Let me show you a few verses about the power of spiritual water in your walk and my walk. John chapter 4. This is Jesus speaking to a foreign woman about water. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, speaking of Jacob's well, naturally speaking, he says, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, he will never be thirsty again. But the water I will, will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, that's the power of the key essential element of the water of the Word of God in our lives. Paul in Ephesians 5, he talks to the church, he's speaking to the church, he's using the picture of of our lives and he's using the picture of Jesus and marriage and he says this about water, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify, look at this, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. You know, my, uh, my yard at home, I talk about my grass a lot. I don't know what it is about guys and lawns, but I am one of those guys. FYI, sorry, talk about it all the time. But when we first moved into our house, there was a part of our lawn that just used to bug me. It was really getting to me. You know, it was like affecting my pride. There was a part of my lawn that just the grass wouldn't grow. That just the grass wouldn't grow. Other areas were flourishing, were a constant blessing to me. (laughs) But there was this one area that just, it just didn't have, it had a couple of St. Augustine runners in it. It didn't have anything else. It had a whole lot of ant beds, which drive Jill crazy because she's always worried about the kids stepping in the ant beds. Do something about that, honey, and I will. And I just, it's like this never-ending thing. So eventually, I, I kind of start playing with it. I get with my father-in-law, and we start looking at it. And we discovered that this part of the lawn had no shade at all. It was constantly in the sun from sun up to sundown. It was just completely dried out, and there was no shade at all. So what we did is we changed the settings on the sprinkler system, started to shoot more water at it, and every single day, it would get a way more water than the rest of the lawn. A year later, I come back and I'm walking through the lawn, you know, just enjoying my quiet time with the Lord. I'm just kidding. I was just walking through the grass. <laughs> but I come up on that section, and you know, this is usually the section where the ant beds and the pests are, and whatever I got to deal with, and the weeds. And I look at it. I'm like, man, it's starting to fill in. This is awesome. This is great. Next season, a year later, after more and more watering, I go up there again, and it's filled in way more. It actually looks like grass now. The next season, so three seasons, three years later. I walk up there again, and it looks exactly like the rest of the lawn. And God God spoke to me and said this. This is exactly what the Christian life looks like. The more you water it, the better it gets. The more you water it, the more it fills in. The more there's sustenance, the more there's color to it. There's more that you can walk on. it. it's, It's a blessing. It's beautiful. The Christian life, not my grass. But that's why we need the water. We can't do without the water. Without the water, nothing happens to the seed. We need the water in our lives. Paul talked to the church about it in 1 Corinthians. He talked about water as well. He talked about this. Apollos said, after all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom I, you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Verse 6, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is God makes the seed grow. You notice how he says you don't have to worry about the watering? You gotta do the watering. He says, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. So you need some seed, you need some dirt, you need some water. And finally, number three, as the team joins me back up, number three, you need some time. You need some time. This is the seasons of life. This is the commitment. Man, commitment is a dirty word in 2020. This is the seasons of life. See, as Christians, we don't, we don't live as nine to five, Monday through Friday, January through December people, just FYI. We're called to live according to the seasons of life. God has called us to live as people Aware of the seasons that he has us in. You might have a season right now and that season is coming to an end. You should finish that season well because there's a new season that's about to start and you'll be grateful if you finish the last season well and going into the new season better. But we're called to live as people by the seasons of life. If you're gonna be planted, it's gonna take some time. If things feel a little shaky, it's gonna take some time. This is commitment this is the turning over of your will to become his will. We can spiritualize this thing and say, Lord, oh, whatever you want, use me, use my life. And the Lord says, just hang around a while. We're like, oh, hang on, wait a minute. You mean I gotta stay here? Yeah. You do. Because it's gonna require some time. If things feel a little shaky. I don't know who this word is for, but I wrote it down in my notes, and I just got this impression from the Lord: this is for someone. But if you, if, you, if life feels a little shaky, a little exposed right now, maybe the, the the ground of your life is a little dry. This is a question you've got to ask yourself: Am I planted? Am I actually planted in the ground? Or have I been uprooted? Or have I been pulled away? Or have I, been, have I gone somewhere else? Am I still planted in the ground? And if I'm planted in the ground, it's going to take some time. And it's only going to be time that can do what only time can do, the seasons of life. Look what it says in Psalm 92. We'll go right back to the beginning. It says, They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. And they are are ever full of sap and green in old age. Ever full. This means continually, no matter how long it takes, no matter what the seasons look like, no matter what the process of time does, it doesn't matter. You will be spiritually full if you're planted. The wind comes, the storms come, the the trials, the tests, the tough times, the good times. But here's the point. We've got to allow time to do what only time can do to see that seed that's planted, which is your life, become the oak tree of righteousness that it talks about in Isaiah, a place where people can find shade. I love that picture of us as believers, that we could live a life so planted in the house of God, that we could be shade to someone, we could be a blessing to people, that we could be a place where people can go for refuge, blessing, encouragement, a helping hand, a word of encouragement, a place where God can send his blessing. Maybe God will give you a word that you can share with someone and it'll build them up and help them keep going in life. But we can't get any of this overnight. It's not going to come in a 24-hour period or through a subscription overnight. It's going to take time. It's the very thing that Jesus warns about in the parable of the sower. You might have seen that parable and thought about soil, Rocky ground, thorny ground, seed. Maybe you've, like I've done, you thought about the sower. The sower is obviously God spreading the seed. You think about the sower and you're like, oh, that's God. But what about the time? Let me show it to you. It's in verse 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message. Look at this. And immediately receive it with joy. Fast. But since they don't have any deep roots, they don't last long. It's going to take some time. Committing to the house of the Lord, committing to being planted and invested in a church. Can I just encourage you? It's going to take some time. It's going to take a moment. It might take multiple seasons, but on the other side of those seasons comes the blessing of God. On the other side of those seasons comes what we see in verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents represents those who look at it truly hear and understand God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. But the good soil, it says, represents those who truly hear. I want to go a step further and say this, taking the time to understand. The process of time, maybe you just need to let it happen. Give yourself a moment hear stories of people, they show up one place for a few weeks and they're like, "Ah, whatever, I'm just going to go over there. We've got to give it some time. We've got to let the the roots go deep. We've got to let the root system go towards the water source. We've got to be willing to let things happen in God's timing. You ever notice how a tree doesn't move? It's probably the most profound thing that I've said all morning. The Bible talks about us as like trees. But you ever notice that trees don't move? Can you put up the picture? You know, recently on a vacation, Jill and I were walking along this, this pathway in North Carolina, and maybe some of you have seen this, this thing, but I walked past it and I just, I was arrested by this picture. That's my son, Charlie. Right next to the tree. I don't know if you can zoom in on it now. This massive oak tree, like huge, must have been there 100 years. It started growing on a massive slab of rock. And I looked at that and I felt like the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He says, That is the Christian life right there. Planted on the rock, set on the foundation but planted in the house. I pray we would be people. I pray we would be a church that understand that God wants to do so much through us, that God wants to use our house like never before, that God wants to use your family and my family and my conversations on a Tuesday morning and wherever, that we could be the people if we understood that we could be planted in the house, flourish in our courts, we could make a difference in people's lives and in this city. Would you stand with me? I wanna pray for some people right now. And I don't know, I don't know what about this visual is is speaking to you. I mean, I used a few options. I was praying, I was like, Lord, how do you want me to finish this? How do you want me to kind of you know, how do you want me to finish this? And he said, I've given you options. <laughs> Maybe today is the day about sowing that seed of something that I talked about before a seed of trust, a seed of faith. Maybe today is is a day where you could sow a seed of surrender that you've never sown before, that you've never allowed God to come into that field, that part of your life. Maybe it's a relationship that you've never truly offered up to Him and made Him Lord over. Maybe today could be the day that you sow that seed. Or maybe it's the dirt. And the dirt situation is more about, I need to change up what I've got around me. I need to change up the people I'm hanging out with. Maybe it's like, hey, I just need to increase the level of soil, the dirt I've got in my life. I need to be here more. Maybe today is that day. Will you say, I'm done with this fickle approach to this thing. I'm gonna get planted. I'm gonna get the dirt right. Or maybe today is a day of watering for you. Maybe you never read your Bible. Can I just encourage you? We've all been there. We all miss, we all sometimes don't read. It's like, there are seasons in my life Years ago, I didn't didn't read my Bible much. I wasn't getting watered. And I could see the dryness. Maybe today you see the dryness. God's exposing it to you. So here's what I want to do. I just want to pray for people. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if this is landing for you, whatever area, sea, dirt, water, time, I want to pray for you. So while no one's looking around, just lift up your hand. You know the area he's illuminating. You know what it is. You just shoot up your hand nice and high. I feel like all of us could be in on this thing. Lord, you see every hand that's raised. And Father, I just pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you administer to people right now. You would help people understand. You help people grasp what it is that you want to do. Holy Spirit, I thank you. There are seeds of trust being planted and sown today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you sowing seeds of faith you're allowing people to go to a deeper level lord in all that you're doing father i thank you that there's a there's a new soil that's coming there's a new way that's coming lord father we thank you for the watering that you're going to give us from this moment forward in jesus name in jesus name Come on, let's sing. thanks for listening to that podcast we pray it blessed you